Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood adventure series. Support us on Patreon at Protectors of the Wood. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. Who can be the keeper of the world we love? And can it live forever in the life above? Long ago you asked me, how can I know? And when it's all over, where does it go? I just can't leave it to the winds of time. I will hold it in my heart wherever I may be down the line. Please give me peace before I'm torn apart. I'm just one of many living with an aching heart. Please give me peace before I'm torn apart. I'm just one of many living The Protectors of the Wood Adventure Series Episode number 128 Good and Bad Come Fast When Abby told Tuck that someone had broken into her cottage the night before, he sank back into his chair. Please take this seriously. Look at what's at stake. Just the potential wealth under the forest is more than we can imagine. And look at the resources stacked against us. Why wouldn't they go as far as they can? Tuck turned white with a frozen expression on his face. Red blotches appeared on his cheeks. He finally nodded to her and said, I'm sorry. Very sorry. I need time to to digest the implications of what you've said. I thought I was being too obsessive, but maybe I've underestimated the dangers. His words stumbled to a halt. He looked so stunned that Abby was afraid he was having heart problems and might faint. But he gradually recovered his presence of mind and heaved a great sigh. I should have seen this coming. There have been clues that the Morphe organization is moving to a new level of greed. They're gambling on real estate now in a big way. You've probably heard that they finished the Geddon Tower in River City, all 90 floors of it, and that giant development up in Maywood Valley on what used to be beautiful land, apple orchards, small farms, small towns. They started by just leveling the place and are building thousands of mass-produced houses, industrial production on a vast scale, worth many billions now. That business, real estate development, is risky, but also incredibly lucrative and corrupt. It's been hard to even think about it. Devastating to the environment. He looked up at Abby with an effort to smile. 
Well, on the good side, you're here to wake me up. You're right. Don't carry a phone. We'll be happy to take any messages at the front office. Now go. I've got some thinking to do. I'm going through the same thing, Reverend Huck. And please remember, we're not going to abandon you. A very large group, many people of all ages, are on your side. Let's not give up. Tuck's eyes were tearing up. He waved his hand, wordlessly telling her to depart. She walked back to the cottage in a daze, trying to breathe evenly and calm down. This short conversation made an overwhelming impression on her. She thought about it for days, even years afterward. Meanwhile, the demands of the present returned to the front of her mind. She grabbed the note from George and read the scribbled words. I've got news for you you must hear right away. I'll be at the back door at 1 a.m. Abby felt that George was making a mistake. She smelled danger all around, like poison. She was thinking. But I can't just walk into Scudder's and talk to George on the job and say, no, don't come and converse in public. Maybe I just won't show up at 1 a.m. <sighs> but that would be mean. And what if he does have emergency news? This is all too much. I should eat something and lie down. I'm due at Glenda's in two hours or so. Abby was eating a sandwich when suddenly a new thought hit her like an electric shock. But what if they bug this place? What if the point of their sneaky trick wasn't to steal anything, but to plant a bug and hear everything I say? Well, it seems like I can't have conversations in here. It's not like I was going to have this great social life anyway, with friends visiting, a boyfriend, phone calls, or anything like the privacy of a home. None of these normal things can possibly happen. I belong to some strange cult where I renounce all fun. Well, that's unfair. There is something fascinating about all of this. I'm obsessed. My friends are wonderful. I'm certainly not bored. What's next? Let's see. I've got a job interview soon. I've got nothing good to wear. No resume and no related work experience. And it's really too bad. I actually want this job. The idea grows inside of me when I'm not looking, like a plant about to blossom. I like kids. I like blocks and toys and songs. I adored exploring the churchyard with Tiny and Lucy. They adore me too. I'm going to have to pull myself together and give this a try. After a couple of hours of planting the new flowers and vegetables given by Chi-Chi, Abby hurried off down Bridge Avenue, her birth certificate and social security card in her pocket. It was a beautiful late afternoon, a nice breeze, the trees in their full summer glory. 
Her thoughts turned to all that she knew about the preschool. Rose and Rob are getting old. That school runs 10 hours a day in the old farmhouse that they live in. Do they have anyone helping them? Tiny attends the first shift, 8.30 to 1 p.m. Another group attends the second shift, that's 1 p.m. to 5.30. And some kids attend all day long. How many are there? When do Rose and Rob even have lunch? And the strangest thing of all, Rose turns out to be my second cousin. Her grandmother worked for the Georgie family. With these thoughts buzzing in her mind, Abby knocked on Glenda's door. Tiny jumped into her arms, full of ecstasy over the coming interview. Glenda asked questions and typed a resume that came out better than Abby expected. As Tiny had a bite to eat, Glenda privately thanked Abby for her advice about dealing with her parents-in-law and the issues regarding church activities. Ever consider becoming a trustee of the church? You'd be perfect. What a coincidence. Ellen, Kayla's mom, just asked me the same thing. I'd like to, but I said no. Tiny's grandparents would have opinions about everything and try to control me. That's out. Oh, just asking. I hope someone comes along fast. You know that election is just a week from Sunday. Tuck's job and mine could depend on the outcome. I've thought of that, but I just can't do it. They arrived at the Todd farmhouse at 6.30 sharp. Rose and Rob both answered the door and were clearly taking the interview seriously. Rob invited Tiny and Glenda to the playroom and Rose walked Abby to the children's dining room where they sat in chairs far too small for them. Rose tried to find some relevant childcare experience in Abby's background, but Abby honestly admitted that nothing was there except babysitting. But Rose continued to inquire and discovered Abby's year and a half of giving flower garden and orchard tours for customers of the Half Moon Florist. Abby described projects for toddlers that could include growing vegetables and flowers and finding and naming soil creatures and birds. Rose became enthusiastic when she discovered that Abby played guitar and flutes and whistles. Oh, how perfect. The children will love you. Give us a children's song now. Abby began humming and singing the songs. She sang it twice and Tiny joined in. When you wish upon a star Makes no difference who you are When you wish upon a star your dreams come true. When you wish upon a star Makes no difference who you are. When you wish upon a star Your dreams come true. Oh, please, just one more. Abby tried a song her mother had taught her, 
words for an old whistle tune. When Robin Hood and Little John went walking through the forest one day, they spied the sheriff and his men all riding on the broad highway. Duck down, my friend, said Robin Hood. The sheriff's men are coming this way. So Robin Hood and Little John ducked through the forest and away. Again! Again! Everyone clapped. Rose and Rob looked at each other and nodded. I have a plan. Would you be willing to volunteer a few mornings this week as a guest artist to run music and outdoor activities? Let's say Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. In the meantime, you can fill out an employee packet right now and we'll start the approval process. If everything goes well, we'll hire you five days a week for the morning shift. Rob and I will discuss the salary. Abby could hardly believe her good fortune. I'd be glad to. Could you be here at 9 a.m. on Monday? We'll get you started. Yes, call Lucy. I'll be there. But on the way out, Rose warned Abby. Don't get your hopes up too high. Many people have problems clearing their papers with the state. We'll help you with any questions. They want the addresses and names of immediate family over your whole life and any legal issues you might have had. Abby nodded, but she found this news very gloomy.
Just to take. 